perfect timing. Perfect, perfect timing. Like we've said before, probably like three gentlemen. <laughs> Our three gentlemen here. Welcome back, cuties, <laughs> to Queen's Quest and Tropes. My name is Molly, and you should know by now that I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Alyssa. And it's chapter 22. I checked. Feeling 22. I feel like I just yeah, have to I was like, ready. Yeah, have stuff. Yeah, I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> Well, you know me well enough to know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was like, and hold for Taylor Swift reference. Guys, we're doing it. We are talking about Crescent City Fan Theories Part 2. Uh, really just also an introspective look at A Court of Silver Flames as it relates to Crescent City 2. I recently did a reread of silver mm-hmm. flames he did and uh purposefully like highlighted quotes that i thought could actually have been forerunners to obviously if you are listening to this you better have finished crescent city too uh right. <laughs> don't listen if you haven't finished yeah. crescent city too unless you don't mind spoilers and that yeah. case, stay in that case you're fine stay stay hang out um but i went through specifically looking for different quotes that may or may not be related to the connection of the universes in Crescent City and Akatar. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty going through and, and like re-highlighting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I did not do a reread, but I'm here for the conversation. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We're also going to have to sort through how many of my highlights are just me once again, loving Cassie and Anesta and how many of my highlights are also like potentially related, related to CC2. Right. Anytime Cassian's mentioned, it's just highlighted. So like, <laughs> I have to go through and like, was oh, something? oh no, this was just Cassian. No, 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 this was just Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is one pretty quick off the quick off the mark to both quote a court of silver flames <laughs> so it said this is on page 37 i'm going off of the ebook version mm-hmm. as of course had been fascinated reese had built the model himself centuries ago it could not only track the sun but also tell time and it somehow allowed reese to ponder the existence of life beyond their own worlds and other things that Castian had again instantly forgotten <laughs> so this i i'd forgotten about this but there's a star map of mm-hmm. in reason's reason's office and i think we talked about this in the first episode when we talked about crisis issue theories we do like he's clearly already somewhat tuned into this idea of like multiple dimensions because it says he built this model to ponder the existence of life beyond their own right um and also i thought this was interesting that it says that uh, Azriel had been fascinated in Cassie and like could care less, which was interesting to me because Azriel was the one with the dagger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not a surprise that the shadow singer is 
more so fascinated than Cassian, but <laughs> I wonder yeah. how much um, Asriel actually knew. Yeah. Or had it, or assumed anyway, if he didn't full out know because he, you know, had the dagger. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I don't know if like necessarily, I think that like Asriel's in on all of the, you know, like I don't think that, but it's, it's interesting to me that something in the dagger, like he's the one who gets the dagger and these, as we all know in the mass universe, like these weapons seem to have a sentience somewhat of their own, like who the swords right. pick and yeah. the trove's obviously different, but like there's, even in Crescent City with the sword belonging to Rune and he keeps saying like, it's Bryce's now, like if you want the sword and she's like, I don't want the sword. Like there's weight in like who gets what weapon and the fact that Asriel has the dagger and he's interested in this, this pondering of the universe and Cassian is not. It's something, it's something. It's something. There's not any, like, all of these little breadcrumbs slash Easter eggs, they all mean something as we know Sarah J Mass. Like they're not just there for shits and gigs. They all are leading to something. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Oh, bless you. (laughs) Thanks. Like I said, (laughs) spring in Chicago. It all, it all means something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then my next one that I had highlighted was when Cassian goes to see Vasa with uh Eris pretty early on in the book as well and this is from page 91 and it's it quote yes Vasa said relief in her eyes but Koshi 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 is as old as the sea older some say he's death itself Eris murmured which I just highlighted and wrote a starey because like anything now at this point I don't I don't think he's a starey but Older, old, some say he's death itself because she's older, old as the sea, older than the sea. Some right. say death itself. So anything now that's like primordial in this universe, I feel like I'm like, okay, but what's the Asteri connection? So I'm going to, I'm going to pinball off of this real quick. Pinball away. Because to me, so I know in our first Crescent City 2 fan theories, we had brought up the point that someone had made about possibly Amarin being Asteri. Yes. I don't think that's the case, but my I new do. assumption is that Amron and Fury have mm-hmm. some form of connection because mm-hmm. I don't know what Fury is and she's some, don't know what Fury is. Yeah. Some powerful badass and like Amron, I doesn't feed off of, she did drink blood. Don't get me wrong, but she doesn't like feed off of people's souls. Right. 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 So, but you know, who did feed off of people's like souls or essence. Tell me the vlog and throw in a glass. Yeah. So my new theory is that the Asteri come from that world that they came from and they just went opposite ends like this. Yeah. Well, because I, I believe everything was one Faye universe. Right. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Right. And then it split. And then we ended up with Throne of Glass, which is where they're talking about like the animal fae, basically. And then Uh we ended up with Crown City. And then we ended up, yeah, yeah, with Ector. Right, right, right. And the vlog, the vlog in Throne of Glass Mm -hmm. essentially ate people's souls and and their entire essence to become more powerful, right? That's right. That's right. Oh. Well, there you go. So speaking of who's who and who's been crossing over. So there's a theory that, and I forget her name, so sorry. Um, 
We'll find it, put it in the show. Meryl, Meryl, I think not Gwen, but the, the priestess that Gwen works for in the library. Who's like a pain in the ass. Yes. Is it Meryl? Oh man. I don't know. I don't know. You did the reread. I know I did the (laughs) reread. Honey, I guess I was paying attention to it. It was not random priest side. It was Cassian. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) It's Cassian. Um, (laughs) The priestess that Gwen works for. Yes. Who is a dick. Basically. There's a very strong theory that that is actually Jessica. Because Jessica disappears for long periods of time in CC2. And brings a shit ton of books from who knows where. Yeah, has a bunch of books from who knows where. Is always disappearing. Mm -hmm. And in Court of Silver Flames, she's doing research on like other worlds. So people think that Jezebel found a portal and has been using it. And it's been like popping over, studying all of this stuff, getting this stuff, and then like coming back. I don't know how intensely I feel that because I feel like I also just feel like recent would know if one of their priestesses had like a fully like I, I feel like people would know the priestesses are kind of like living all kind of on top of each other I feel like I feel like there's parts of that that I don't like that I don't think work but I think it's interesting maybe it also could be like Jezva is closely connected to that priestess and that's how she's getting a lot of her information or a lot of her books um well because here's where that comes in so quote from court of silver flames and this is gwen and nesta talking there's two quotes here the first one whether there's merely one existence our existence or if it might be possible for worlds to overlap occupying the same space but but separated by time and a bunch of other things I can't even begin to explain to you because I barely understand them myself. End quote. New quote. Nesta's brows rose. Nesta's brows rose. Really? Some philosophers believe that there are 11 worlds like that. And some believe that there are as many as 26. The last one being time itself, which Gwen's voice dropped to a whisper. Honestly, I looked at some of her early research and my eyes bled just realized, just reading her theorizing and formulas. Like that's the quote where people are thinking that um, this priestess might be Jezebel because she's doing all this research. And Gwen said, I looked at some of her theories about this kind of multiverse stuff and couldn't even comprehend it. I I think that has some weight behind it. Obviously, it has a quote, it has a whole lot yeah. behind yeah, 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 yeah. it. That's yeah. the weight. But like I would, I mean, Jezeba can phones work through worlds because like Jessica always answers bryce's call like every time bryce calls so like yeah often, and then if if she is a priestess she has to be accessible almost every day right, right. because they're holes. pretty much like they've got you know stuff. yeah you might be able to dip off here and there in like different times i don't know man i don't know there's definitely plot holes but i also wouldn't be surprising if that is a twist that sarah gave us and this is yeah, this is another quote. This is from chapter 15. And this is what makes me think that Koshi is Esteri. Okay, okay. This quote. Um, they were based on truth, based on ancient near primordial beings who existed here before the high fae split into courts, before the high lords. Some call them the first gods. They were beings with almost no physical form, but a keen, vicious intelligence. 
Humans and fae alike were their prey. Most were hunted and driven into hiding or imprisonment ages ago, but some remained lurking in forgotten corners of the land. So that's where I think those were some of the stars or the Asteri that got stuck behind when worlds started to split and they kind of became these first gods and kind of not evolved, that but or, took on. Or, or they mm-hmm. started facing persecution because obviously yeah. like they got figured out how to kill and the Asteri broke off yeah. finding a new world to like rule. And they're like, you know yeah. what? We're going to do it right this time <laughs> and not get killed off <laughs> and did something along those lines, you know? Yeah. Um, because also I, I haven't done a reread of Throne of Glass in a long time because there's so many books, but I remember towards the end of Throne of Glass, there being a quote of we were banished from this land and like persecuted and now we're back to yeah. seek vengeance type of thing. So yeah. like, could be. And then there's just a, just a reminder here that said the harp can open any door, physical or otherwise, some say between worlds, which we knew about the harp, but I just like re-highlighted that because it's probably how they're going to help Bryce get, where, get, to, get, hell. get where, to where she needs to go. Yep. And then there's a conversation between Amran and Nesta. And Amran said, they were made in a time when wild magic still roamed the earth and fate were not masters of all, made objects back and then tended to gain their own self-awareness and desires. It was not a good thing. So just talking about how like the trove and items that were made kind of get their own sentience during this time period where they, again, just like weren't in charge. So there's so many references in A Court of Silver Flames to win the Fae weren't in charge of their world, which is wild. Cause I paid, I gotta be honest. I pay no, I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention. I mean, I do, <laughs> but I'm just, I'll, I'll, you know, when I, when I read Silver Flames for the first time, I was like, yes. Okay. Drove. Got it. Made stuff. Made stuff. Done. Boom. Next page. Yeah. Where's Cassian? <laughs> now this time you already have cassian highlighted so you know when he's coming and you can read the other things exactly oh, well. exactly um more conversations so this was so fascinating this was so fascinating i love this but are you ready this was chapter oh, 37 i'm excited okay so this is knowing that we've got the final scene in cc2 where they talk about like i'm, I'm i read this and i was like sarah you conniving they talk about when Bryce shows up that she's speaking a tongue that nobody has heard in thousands of years, right? Right. Akaseth, chapter 37, page 380, if you are reading the ebook. <laughs> Even Amron's face paled at whatever Reese showed her, and then she was shaking her head, her black bob of hair swaying. That is a dialect of our tongue that has not been spoken in 15,000 years. I could only pick up every other word, Reese said. Feyre arched a brow. You speak the language of the ancient Fey. Reese shrugged. My education was thorough. He waved an idle, graceful hand for exactly these situations. Asriel asked what the Kelpie say. So they just specifically mention, it's when they're recounting at uh, Nesta and the Kelpie, but they specifically, like Amran specifically mentions the old tongue that nobody's spoken in 15,000 years. And then that is almost exactly what she says in the end of CC2, and I was like, God damn it. It's there. God damn it. I know. That drove me nuts because we literally see in Court of Silver Flames reason, like there was no other reason for her to work in that both Amran and Reese understand the ancient language of the Fae. 
besides when talking about the kelpie other than the fact that she i felt like she was setting up dropping an easter egg yeah dropping an easter egg yes there we go um Another one, chapter 55. The Fae were not the first masters of this world. According to our oldest legends, most now forgotten, we were created by beings who were near gods and monsters, the Daglin. They ruled for millennia and enslaved us and the humans. They were petty and cruel and drank the magic of the land like wine. That sounds like a stary. That sounds like a stary. And the blog. They're called the Daglin. Yeah. They're mentioned here as the Daglin. They ruled for millennia. And I'm like, that's... That's the Asteri. That's the Asteri. It's also like, because if you remember um, Maeve. Yep. Essentially fled from the vlog and the brothers. Yep. And hid. Yep. Pretending to be Faye. Yep. Secretly feeding off of, you know, everyone mm-hmm. and enslaving hot guys, which like can't blame her. <laughs> Could you blame her? No. She was like, I escaped these awful men. Now I'm going to enslave all of the most beautiful men here and uh hide. But um it would also be interesting. Do we we don't know? I feel like I would remember if we knew. Um we don't know how the world split either. No, no, I don't think so. At least I don't. Yeah. (laughs) If it was mentioned somewhere, someone let us know. Um I've forgotten. But so that's probably going to be something just essentially like she did, I feel like with Rona Glass, where she referenced back the first war with the yeah. blog and then their war now. And they, yeah. you know, she was kind of doing some time jumps there to like tell us about that and tell us how it's parallel and how they're going to yeah. be different or whatever. So I have a feeling we're going to do the same thing here with why the world split and how the Asteri like, or I forgot what you said, just said there actually. Called. Yeah. 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 Daglin. Daglin um, became what they are now. I yeah. feel like we're going to get that information. Yeah, we will. Those were all of my notes from Court of Silver Flames. Just enough to, to drag me over the edge with how long Sarah's probably been planning this. Forever. I feel yeah. like I feel like she's been play, planning this from day one. Yeah, there's no way. Like she, she has been for sure. Um, I think I read an interview with her that she was saying, like, once it came out, she just had her agent and her husband, like, looking. She, like, couldn't look at her phone. She's like, I just need you guys to tell me how the world took it. Because she was, like, so nervous. Because she has been planning this since, like, day one. So I think she said, like, I couldn't look at anything. And I just waited until my husband or my agent could say, like, they love it. You know, you're good. That kind of thing. Um, Because, yeah, she's had a plan forever. Uh, well, and she's like, can you imagine, um, which like kudos to Sarah J. Mass. She's obviously brilliant and wonderful. And we love how I love being alive in the time of Sarah J. Mass. But yeah, yeah. Can you imagine becoming an author, getting as big as Sarah J. Mass is, right? Because she's got yeah. a huge following. She created huge. like essentially all of Book Talk, Book Talk, Bookstagram. Yeah. Like yeah. she was the basis of all of us being like found yeah. family now on the social media because of her, right? Yep. And then having this master plan in your head of merging these two worlds in these crazy series, the amount of anxiety she probably had when that was coming out, because, you know, she was getting all these questions of like, Ooh. when's the next Akatar book coming out? When's the next, like, um, yeah. after that, who's Asriel going to be with? And meanwhile, she's over there like, right now, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
so I think, I, I, I mean, I know Crescent City 3 is actually next before Akatar 5 um, or 6, depending on how you count Frost and Starlight. Uh, it is going to be Crescent City 3 that will be next. And the events of Crescent City 3 take place right after the events of Court of Silver Flames. So they are, they are kind of like lining up that, um, cause you've got Nesta and Cassian as a couple, you can kind of tell, um, yeah. when Bryce talks Bryce about her impressions of people. Yeah. So Bryce has dropped into the Court of Thrones world right after the events of, of Court of Silver Flames. So then we're going to see CC3 and then Akatar 5 slash 6 will come after that. Presumably, I would imagine dealing with them because, like, Azrael's going to be super involved. He's got the dagger. So, like, this plot's going to involve him. Yeah. yeah. So, I would imagine that then we'll resolve whatever is happening with Crescent City 3, and then stuff will probably happen to Azrael in that book. And then we'll pivot back to Akatar 5 6 for, okay, now let's focus on Azrael after the events of CC3. I think, I think that's a projection. That's, that's my guess. I, she hasn't confirmed yet Agatar 5, right? There's no like title or anything. There's no but, like any but official. We know it's happening. We know that it's like, I'm pretty positive that it's like, she, she's contracted for like six books in Akatar or something. And like, it's confirmed through, that not because there's been a title or because she's talked about it but because there's like a contract i think gotcha but we don't have anything confirmed beyond like we know that cc3 is the next release that she has um so i'm gonna take a slight pivot here Mm -hmm. yes slight pivot um do you think because i'm still on this hill of evil elaine oh yeah 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 yeah. well that was another I would die on this hill of evil Elaine. Another thing that I had highlighted was Nesta. There's an inner monologue moment that I'd forgotten when I first read Axap. That was Nesta's terror when she realized that the cauldron song was always for Elaine. Wasn't for her, wasn't for Feyre. The cauldron song was always for Elaine. Mm -hmm. And I talk a lot of crap about Elaine, but I'm also the first person to say like, I would, I like, I love nothing more than to be proven wrong. Like I love when an author can manage to make my expectations flip. I mean, we all, that all happened with Tamlin. We all fucking right. loved Tamlin. And then yep. boom, we did it. Like, I love moments like that. So I, I feel like everybody well, can do like- I feel like giving her an evil character arc would be brilliant. So good, you know? so good. I love evil Elaine. And if we are all sipping for Elaine after her book, I love that even more. I feel like so many people are going to be like, Molly, now you have to like, I'm like, no, I don't care. I've always been like, no, you something. love Elaine. Like that's something with Elaine. There's nobody more than me who's rooting for an interesting Elaine. Trust me. Evil or good. I don't care which evil or good. I don't care, but I, I will be the first person to be like, fuck yeah, Elaine. Great. Dope. You're doing something now. And I feel like people are going to be like, Ah, Elaine's yeah. cool now. I'm gonna be like, great. Good. I've been wanting that. Yeah. <laughs> I've wanted something for her. I, that's fine with me. Nesta's always gonna be my girl, but like I would love a more interesting Elaine. Yeah, yeah. So evil Elaine. Do you think evil Elaine will get pulled into Crescent City 3 or saved for the other Akasif books? No. Aka- I got the Akasif books. Akasif books. There are these Akasif books. Now. Just now. <laughs> um I think. 
Elaine is going to stay an Akatar plot line because we've got enough going on with like the harp and all that kind of shit and world traveling that I think that's awesome. Gonna... Yeah, I think that's going to be more other characters. I don't think that's necessarily going to involve Elaine, but that could be, I could be very wrong and that could be the thing that actually like brings Elaine front and center. Um, so who knows? My other thing is I saw these theories of, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this last time or if we talked about it one-on-one. Um, Cause it's not like we don't talk every single day and then reiterate <laughs> things on this podcast, right? It's true. Um, <laughs> it's true. Like, hey, remember that conversation we had? It's true. Do it again. But I've seen this theory going around a lot um, of Hamlin being Elaine's mate. I love that one. And essentially Lucian faking it so that like Tamlin didn't know. But I feel like, how can you fake that? You know? Yeah, that's interesting because I'm all for like Tamlin and Elaine Endgame. Like, I think that that's interesting. And like, let's be, actually, no, 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 no. I take that back. That's not what I was into. What was I into? No, I liked the theory that we would get a Tamlin like sacrifice for the greater good. That would kind of finish his arc. And then Lucian and Elaine would become the High Lord and Lady of Spring Court. That's what I thought. I I don't know. I feel like I'm here for evil Elaine, I guess. It's really where I want evil Elaine. I I want want evil Elaine, but I think eventually, I don't think as much as I think it would give the series a little bit of needed grit. Yeah. I think an Elaine death would, and I'm not just saying this because I hate Elaine. I'm scared to say this broadly, but I do think that the series at, at this point needs a death. Right. Um, to we haven't of, had one in a minute. We haven't had one in a minute. And I think that it needs one to kind of, because otherwise you're kind of at the point where it's like, like if it's three bat boy, like I know they're not really yeah. brothers, but they basically act like brothers. And if it's three brothers for three sisters and they're all mated, that's going to end up a little a little much for me. I think Gwenriel. I'm here for Gwenriel all day, all day, all day. I'm here for Gwenriel. And I think obviously reason and favor makes sense. And then I think it makes sense that Cassie and Anesta who were so will they, won't they basically, I think they make sense, but I just think it's then too weirdly kind of annoyingly perfect. If it's Azriel and Moline and agree and icky and boring. Yeah. And gross. Um, LLC Lane has like a crazy like character arc that besides her evil one, I mean, evil Elaine and evil as maybe, but I don't think she's going to do that to Ash. She won't do that to the bad boy, but I could, it could be interesting. Um, not putting it out of the realm of possibilities. Anything is possible. In this <laughs> I think that's what we've learned. Which also leads me to my next thing. Um, so you, you segued me into it so you brought up a character death good a character good. death right good yes um you have seen the rumors going around that people yes. think rune is going to be a character death i'm gonna tell yeah. you i don't think that i think what the oracle meant because it said the last line or royal heir yeah. is that they're gonna be like down with the patriarchy and they're not gonna have any more royals because they're gonna have like a different world set up after bryce and hunt burn everything to the ground I know Sarah J. Mass said we should be concerned about Rune and that there were early parts of the CC3 draft or the end of CC2 that her editor had her cut because of some pretty intense torture. And she said, you should be, you should be worried about Rune. 
Um, I could be worried about him and him not die. I I think, and and I don't like Hunt. He's fine. I have never fine. felt I've never felt anything for Hunt. Like I have felt even close to other mass right men, especially and, Cassian and Rune. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Especially Cassian and Rune. But even <laughs> even Rowan, who I don't like either, I like more than Hunt. Like I like Rowan more than Hunt. There's just something. I don't know. It just makes me very cautious to go all in on those two. And I feel like she was really kind of shoehorning the mate concept for Bryson Hunt. It felt super forced. Right. Angels are also kind of fae and they can have mates too, actually. Oh my God, we're mates. Like that felt, the way they got to that conclusion felt a little shoehorned. I'm just saying I could see a Hunt death frankly. I think we're going to get a pretty fucking serious death in the third one. Nobody is safe at all. And I mean, I think Bryce is probably safe. Bryce is probably safe. Bryce um, is probably safe. I think Ethan, well, no, because he's he's definitely going to take over the pack. He's going to be Ethan's alpha. not going to die because people, because it's not as, uh, it's not as heart-wrenching of a character. Ethan won't die. That frat house, they're all on the fucking chopping block. Yeah, Lund, his the friends, like, boy all those dudes need to be fucking careful. That's why I was like, not Ethan, because he's got his whole like, I saved this. He's wolf. splitting off to do his pack duties. Yeah, we're gonna have a subplot of him doing the whole wolf thing in the next one. But I think every single person in their frat boy house is should be concerned. Declan, Flynn, Run, like all of them. They're all on the chopping block. I would be afraid. I'm very afraid. I wonder. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm really afraid for Run. I don't think she'll do that because she just gave us day and night, right? So and, I think it would and be the world's like simping for day and night right now, right? So I think it would be pretty intense if she set up day and night and then killed off Run. But like again, I don't think anything is safe. I I could also see full. I could see a, a hunt death for sure because there's just something in the way that she set up his character. She can write male characters that everybody loses their shit for. She can't. Like, we've seen this right. time and time again. Yeah. And even people who like Hunt, I just don't think I've ever seen the love for him like I've seen for any of the other mains. Right. right. The main men. Yeah. Because, I mean, and, look at how people are with Reese. Like. Yeah. Or Rowan. Yeah. Depending on depending on which of the two series is your favorite. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I I also feel like. Um, and this is just, you know, spiraling off again, but I feel like, um, uh, the Viper queen yeah, is going to have a play in something. She's coming. She's coming. Well, back she's, she's Therian's tied to her now. Well, yeah, but I feel like she's going to have a bigger play, like plot to yeah. play in yeah. the war of everything going on. Yeah. Well, um, well, she she owns Therian, so I know I don't, I don't see how he thought that that was his only option. I feel like at that point you just go to your fucking friends and you're like, "Yeah, the River Queen has me by the balls," and like they could figure that shit out. I don't understand right. why. Like that felt drastic to me, but I guess he's a drastic guy. Irrational, yeah. But also, we have a dragon now too, which I'm all I don't yeah, want to. Like, well, as we all know. Dragons are always a good, good idea. And I love this dragon. <laughs> She's gassy and I She's love great. it. She's great. And so I want more of her. Too. She's great. You think Therian and the dragon, I can't remember her name right now, are going to have like a thing? No, because she was crushing, Flynn was crushing on her. 
Flynn, like Flynn was crushing on her and he like had the thing, like that's totally uh, a Flynn and, and one of the frat boys. Hmm. It's not going to be Therion. It was definitely like her and the frat boys. I'm pretty sure it was Flynn. It was crushing on her pretty obviously. Interesting. Okay. Um, maybe there's so many, there's just so many things. Or, or Hunt dies and then Therion and Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love him. I I wouldn't be mad about that. I do I, I would be. I mean, yeah, I would be fine. I don't have any strong feelings about Hunt. So no, hear me I out. Don't hear care. me out. She throws us for a bigger loop. Oh, a bigger loop, and Bryce and Az get together. They got matching. <laughs> <laughs> they got matching weapons. <laughs> I think she's going to be High Lady of the Dusk Court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with that too. Um, and then as it's just like high lord. <laughs> the <desk>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's go. got a thing for redheads, we know. <laughs> he does. Yeah, I still want to know. <laughs> All right, cuties. Uh head on over to our Instagram, mine, Alyssa's, or the podcast. Let us know your theories. If there's something we didn't cover, if we need to do part three, we might need to, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? It's going to be like 18 months, I think, minimum until we get <sighs> CC3. So in the meantime, memorize the three rules of QQT, which is Christians ruin everything. Number one. <laughs> Practice safe witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And number three, as always, is dragons are always a good idea. Brought to you by CC2, where dragons were definitely a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <All right>. Bye. <laughs>